uh, pray about how we can get you know something going and uh, to help people. And you know, the the popular word is the marketplace to help people at your workplace, your business. Uh, you're in sales. You know, you're you're an employee at a corporation, and so I, I prayed about it. And this is this is what the Lord showed me that you know for right now this is after church we come in here have some lunch fellowship people of like faith and uh, I do see this uh, growing where you want to invite someone from work uh, or to someone's from work or next door community neighbors things like that and uh, maybe even people that aren't saved you know and they won't come to church but they'll come to a a business meeting. And so what, what we're going to start with, we, you have to start somewhere and, you know, everybody's got an idea or, or you probably wouldn't think about wanting to be in business. <laughs> and, but, uh, we're, we're starting this this way so that, uh, we'll get your input and then, uh, we want to deal with practical things in business and sales uh, with ideas, inventions, uh, patents, trademarks, those kinds of things. Oftentimes with uh, patents and trademarks, we need a good attorney. And so I'm praying about that uh, because I'm not an attorney. Uh, but those are, the, those are the people that that's their uh, specialty. And so I've, I've trademarked uh, three or four things. It's cool when you get a trademark paperwork and it's got the seal on it and all that. And, uh, then they try to sell you on doing it internationally. Let me tell you, most of those don't matter a bit. You go over, over international, they'll sing the song that you wrote like it was their own and sell it. They don't care. But, uh, anyway, so that's, those, those are some things. Uh, but also biblical principles where, you know, business is concerned and uh, a lot of, a lot of people, including Christians, try to separate business from their Christianity. And you can't do that. You know, if you want to prosper God's way, you can't do that. And, and they'll use the term, and this is a popular phrase. It's not personal. It's just business. And, uh, I've never liked that phrase. In fact, uh, I would like to write a book about how that's, how that's a wrong, uh, type of phrase and has ruined a lot of businesses across America. But anyway, uh, God's way, you can do business, do it the right way. For example, there was a pastor friend of mine. He's not a pastor. He's a traveling evangelist. And so he was looking to get into some investments. And so he called me up. He said, hey, you know, I, I'm looking to get into some investments and wondering, you know, what you're doing. Well, at that time, uh, Destin, Florida was taken off. I mean, it was like the place that this was this hidden gem that not everybody knew about it. But if you knew about it, you were going there. So we had uh, bought a place there and flipped it. And uh, all we did was go in, kind of rearrange it. And Nikki did some cosmetic things. 
And in like five months, we made like $50,000. And so we were like, whoa, let's do this again. And so um, now this was before I started inquiring of the Lord about things. But uh, so anyway, I bought another one and I said, well, I've got this other one that I'm looking at buying because I told him about that. He goes, I want in. I said, well, the down payment is going to be 56000 so I need 28000 from you. And so he sent me the money, and that was all the money he had. Like he had saved up this 28000 and that was, his, that was all the money he had. And so um, we bought it, and then the market turned right when we bought it. And we couldn't sell it for what we bought it for, couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it. Finally, a year later, that market there had hit a bubble. Somebody stuck a pin in the bubble and prices were, you know, plummeting. Well, I felt horrible that I would lead this guy, the minister of the gospel, who I had made a personal uh, mission of mine to take care of God's men and women, that God's anointed men and women. So... God had us give to them, not just this man, but, you know, at that time we lived in Michigan and we gave to this, uh, to Jerry Savelle Ministries every year. We, we were partnered with Jerry Savelle years over 20 years ago, as I'm sure a lot of you may, may have been too. But, um, so I felt just horrible. And so, but business is business, right? That's what the world said. Business is business. Hey, it was his choice to make that investment. He sought me after, he sought after me. I didn't, I wasn't seeking him, but I prayed about it. And the Lord said, give him his money back plus interest. So I said, really Lord? He said, yeah, give him his money back plus interest. And so I gave him back. He had, he had given 28,000 toward, that was half of the down payment. I gave him back 35,000. So it was 28,000 plus another 7,000. And uh, so, he, you know, he was free of losing money on that thing. Well, God did a miracle. The long story with that, you know, God didn't tell me to, do, to uh, buy that place. It was something that Eric decided to do. And so that's another mistake. I've, I've made some mistakes. I'm here to tell you. But there's also been uh, a lot of successes that we've had because of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So these are the things that, you know... We're going we're gonna to share together so that we can all learn. You know, uh, just because something may be a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea. It may be a good idea and it may be a good idea for someone else and not for you. And, and he knows the end from the beginning. And so we have to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, but anyway, God did a miracle and, and got us out of that place uh, where it didn't. It didn't cost us and we didn't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get out of it. So, he, you know, you can make a mistake and, and God can, you know, help you out. He delivers us out of all troubles, you know. But what that required of me was to go back and say, Lord, you didn't tell me to get in that. I repent. Nikki, God didn't tell me to get in that. I repent because my decision affected our family, you know. That place was 2500 bucks a month, plus the uh, 
homeowners association, 500 bucks a month. So 3000 bucks a month. We were taking in about 1500 bucks a month in rent. If you do the math, 3000 minus 1500 is minus 1500 bucks a month. So anyway, oh, and the air conditioner goes out. 6500 bucks. So you can think something is so great, such a great idea. And if God's not, oh, well, he, he blesses me and he, you know, blesses the work of my hand. Oh, we'll talk about that. But if he hadn't told you to, to go, if he hadn't told you to do. It's just like, uh, you know how many preachers, for example, have gone down in an aircraft, crashed and burned. Because they said, oh, no, no, Psalm 91. Well, the aircraft uh, needed an inspection. Uh, no, we can make it on, on fumes. And they ran out of gas. And so the, the, God's given each of us wisdom. He's given each of us godly counsel. You can't throw that stuff out by, by some faith confession that's not founded on the Word of God. I'm preaching pretty good. So that doesn't make up for, you know, a, uh, a word that's not from God. So anyway, that's just one example. <laughs> but we want to give uh, practical and spiritual biblical principles pertaining to what we deal with in uh, the business world or the marketplace or whatever term you want to use. I typically, when people use a term and they overuse it, then I won't use it. And so the marketplace has gotten uh, used so much that I just, I don't even like to use the term. You can use it. It's not a sin. Uh, Also, I don't like the word intentional because it's been used so much. I just don't like it. So anyway, that's just a couple of my little little things. But so we're going to start today. If uh, we gave these. Abundant uh, life confessions. And so one of the things that, that you want to do, uh, no, matter, no matter what your reasoning is for being in here, if you, who, who doesn't have one of these abundant life confessions? Can someone help me? Miss Vanna White, would you mind passing out the abundant life confessions? Yeah. Isn't that amazing that they've been doing that for like 67 years and neither of them have aged. I I don't understand. So one of the things that we want to do uh, with these abundant life confessions is uh, begin to confess these over your idea, your your invention, your uh, business your place of business, and to get the Word active in your heart. Because the Word of God, Mark chapter 4, is what we'll produce in our life. And so, Mark chapter 4, if you go and read that, it talks about how the Word of God gets in, gets in the soil. But it's talking about the soil of our hearts. And so, whatever's in the soil of our heart is how the Word of God is going to produce in our life. And so that's why it says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. But those are just the ones that produced. 
There were others that didn't produce because there was other, there was other things in the heart. Uh, it was stony ground. It was rocky ground. Uh, it didn't have depth. It didn't take root. So what this, what this is, is this is not a magic formula to say, if you confess these, then all of a sudden, boom, by next Tuesday, you go to your mailbox and there'll be a million dollars. What this is, is to renew our minds to what Jesus provided for us on the cross of Calvary and in his resurrection. That Galatians chapter 3, that, that the curse that was on man because of sin, that he broke that curse. And that another scripture says that through his poverty, we might become rich. And so these scriptures are so that we can renew our minds to what is already ours. Let me come over here. These are so that we can renew our minds to what is already ours. It says that the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs 10, verse 22, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The Amplified says that neither does toiling increase it. Now, I've heard some people that have listened to some sermons and they had selective hearing where toiling was concerned, meaning they didn't have to work. And that is not what that scripture is saying. What is the word toil in this passage of scripture is defined as when you go to work with this anxiety and concern and worry that you are your provider and that if you don't make things happen, that you will starve or fail. And that's what that word toiling means. So when Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, now I'm just exhorting. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus says, he starts talking about, you know, where your treasure is, there, there your heart is. You can't serve two masters. You'll love the one, hate the other. You'll despise the one, be loyal to the other. You can't serve both God and mammon, which is money. But he goes on to say, and I like this part. Watch how the birds, they neither toil nor spin. And so it's that word that, that your father provides for you and that you don't have to worry about your life. That's what that whole passage is talking about, that you don't have to worry about your life. And so what God is endeavoring to do with his people, especially in these times, there's so, there's so much I could say that I can't say it all today, but there's so much I want to say. The Egyptians, when they were in slavery and in bondage, they became dependent on the Egyptian system. Did they not? They were fed there. Uh, in fact, we know this because when they were uh, delivered out of Egypt... They said, did you bring us out here to kill us? Because, you know, or, or, hey, we're hungry. You know, they gave us meat there. And so what God was trying, endeavoring to do with his people, you're his people. What he was endeavoring to do with his people was to get them to solely trust and depend solely on him. But their, but their minds... 
because of how they were conditioned, because of where they lived. They were conditioned to depend on the world or the Egyptian system. We would say that's a parallel today that the Egyptian system would represent the world system or the Babylonian system. And so what God's endeavoring to do with his people today, even through a pandemic, is that you got to solely put your trust and, and dependence in me. And if I say do something, God speaking to you, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, says go. If he says buy, if he says sell, we have to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And this is how I've lived now for... I've been in business for around 20, going on 25 years. Started as an independent contractor, incorporated, but launched out solely in my own business from 2009. Since about 2010, I've been living these principles, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, where to go, what to do, what to buy, what to sell. Prior to that, I made a lot of mistakes. And I was a Christian, not a sinner, a Christian. And, but, you know, I had a desire to uh, be wealthy. And that, uh, there was a wrong motive in me for the reasons why. Until God showed that to me one day. But anyway, back back to these scriptures. So God is trying to get us to solely depend on him through these times. God navigated me. The Holy Spirit navigated us and our business through this pandemic when our our client base was completely shut down. Which was uh, high school sports. High school completely shut down. Couldn't get in. Matter of fact, they sent the kids home. Everybody was home. And so you can't fundraise which has been our business, you can't fundraise with high schools if they're closed. They don't have a need for money. And God and the Holy Spirit navigate us through all that. Go over here. Uh, get involved with this project. Get involved with this technology. I didn't even know what Zoom was before COVID. How many of you are like me? I, you didn't know what Zoom was before COVID. I knew what Skype was because we had been overseas so many times. Ukraine and Russia. And so we'd Skype back, you know, cause that was free. And, uh, but I didn't know what zoom was. And so the Holy spirit showed us how to, you know, you, you gotta be, uh, uh, pliable if that's the right word where you can't be so rigid. You got to adapt with the times If technology's on the move and you don't move. You're going to get swallowed up in the business world, but the Holy spirit can help you get out ahead of that where you can grab a market share before it even hits. So anyway. Oh, all right. So these abundant life confessions are to help us renew our minds to the word of God and what is already ours. And so when we go through these, I would suggest going through these daily. You don't have to go through. If you, to go through all of this, one, two, three, four, five, six and a half pages, it takes about 20 minutes. If you can commit 20 minutes a day, by the time we come in here for our next meeting, which is September the 11th or the 18th, September the 11th, 
I want to see results of people that have put the word of God to use, put their faith to work. And, and then also, uh, that's faith. Then also there's a practical side of things, you know, and I'm not making anybody any promises. That's why we had you fill out this questionnaire, but we want to try to help people the best we can. But, uh, you won't be getting a call from me on Monday. Okay. We're going to, we're going to look at the sheets. We're going to see what, what, what the majority of the, of the group needs. Maybe you just need to hear some of these principles so that you can apply it to your life. I was just talking to Miss Betty and she said, the Holy Spirit told me to, uh, do this. And I wrote this huge contract because she had listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Those are the kinds of things and testimonies that will come out of this group that will encourage all of us. And and eventually other people are going to, there's this trickle effect that takes place, this domino effect where eventually, you know, then everybody's heading in, in the same direction. So the motive of your heart is very, I'm just, I'm just saying all of this by the, by the Holy Spirit. The motive of our heart is key to God. And he's the only one that sees the motive of our heart. And I heard uh, Miss Gloria Copeland say this years ago, and I, and I can't improve on it. It's three big words. But she said, uh, our motivation for accumulation is distribution. Our motivation for accumulation is distribution. Now, if you're motivated to accumulate money so that you can give, guess who God's looking for? It's someone that can, that will have this heart to give. Because let me tell you something. We're in the end of end of times. Isaiah 60 says that the, that the wealth of the Gentiles or the wealth of the wicked will come to the righteous. Well, okay. Well, I want to be one of those that it comes to in the end. And if it comes to me, I know what to do with it. See, I'm not really uh, impressed by how much people make. I want to know how much are you giving? Because when you get into that flow, now we're doing damage to the devil's kingdom. Because if you talk to every preacher, most of the time, they will tell you that they lack in two areas. People and money. People and money. Well, a lot of times business people are people that have a spirit of generosity. They have a spirit of generosity either with their money or with their time. If you get someone that has both, you have a gym and you want to hang on to them and get them plugged in. A lot of times, a lot of times pastors uh, now, I'm not being critical, but uh, a pastor is a shepherd of the flock. You know, you could read in Acts chapter six or so where they said, you know, we'll do the work. Of, we'll do the work of the ministry and let the apostles dive into the word so that they can, uh, you know, bring the word to the people to help the, the, the sheep. And so churches, pastors ministries need people that will 
give their, their time and their resources. Resources, money, but also resources of uh, their problem-solving, thinking, and the, all, there, there is a, a business part of the ministry. There's no way around that. There's a business part of the ministry. To turn the lights on costs money. To run the air costs money. To have staff to, to take care of it costs money. You know, it's, it's, it's not free. There's a, there's a business part of the ministry. So as a leader in the house of God, you trust God. So I, I've never been one to, uh, you know, I've, I've done meetings like this at, at churches. And, and um, I don't need anybody's money. God has blessed us so richly and he's done it through the principles of the word of God. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not any of me and it's all him because that's not biblical either because you have to do your part. So don't get out of balance there thinking what's well, all him and, and I'm going to, I'm going to sit back in my lazy boy and every Tuesday, about 1.30, when that male person comes and puts my check in there. Well, that's fantasy land. You know. Now, I'm not saying God can't do that as a miracle. But typically, God needs a man in the earth. That's why he sent Jesus. He couldn't find a man to do what he needed to do. Done. So he sent Jesus. So anyway... This abundant life confessions. Let's, uh, let's read this out loud together. Let's try to read a few. We'll start with John chapter 10, verse 10. Ready, read. Jesus, you came to give me life and that I have it abundantly. I receive it. A lot of times when you say I receive it, take your hand and say I receive it. I receive it. Third John 2. I am beloved. God wishes above all things that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 33. I will not worry about my life any part. God knows what I need. I will simply seek first his kingdom and his way of doing and being right. And all I need will be added to me. Next, I will not worry or be anxious I will be humble, trusting in God, not myself. I resist the enemy. I stand firm in faith. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. I am blessed for I trust in the Lord who is my help. I am like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out in roots by the river. I will not fear when heat comes. But my leaf will be green and I will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will I cease from yielding fruit. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. I am blessed. I do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law I meditate day and night. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit season, whose leaf also will not wither and whatever I do will prosper. Say that again. Whatever I do will prosper. Psalm 84, 10 through 12. 
God is a sun and shield to me. The Lord gives me grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from me. I am blessed because I trust in you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I rejoice because I put my trust in you. I shout for joy because you defend me. I am joyful in you because I love your name. For you, O Lord, will bless me with favor. You will surround me as with a shield. Favor. With favor. So I've heard Dr. Savell uh, say this. And, and for those of you that don't know, uh, Nikki and I, February of uh, 2019, moved by faith to Texas. Having not had any conversations with uh, Dr. Savell. Uh, in fact, Pastor Justin, we were, we were friends at that time because we had got to know him through a missions uh, support group with Jerry Savell Ministries. And so they didn't even know we were coming, but we felt directed to the Lord to come. And uh, so I, when I showed up, when we showed up, I was kind of expecting, you know, that Dr. Savell would meet with us. And, and I, I kind of, we knew God had sent us. We didn't really know why. And so three months, three months of us being here, I called the office. I'd like to meet with Dr. Savell. It's February. She says, Terry Cable. She says, um, how does um, May the 17th sound? I went, <laughs> I laughed. We just picked up our whole family and moved here. May 17th. Oh, she's been serious. Okay. Um, so anyway, during that three months, we said, okay, let's eat at every restaurant that we can find because we came from this little small town and Applebee's was the best restaurant in town. Now, I appreciate Applebee's, okay? Uh, but I'm thankful I don't have to eat there anymore. <laughs> and it was on this rotation, okay? So Applebee's, and then we had the Chinese place. Buffalo Wild Wings came to town. I prayed in a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> By the time we left, there were three there. But we, when we first moved to Michigan, me having grown up in the South, you know, love Mexican food. And, and um, we would drive an hour to eat at a Mexican restaurant because there wasn't one in our town. And so anyway, um, so we enjoyed that time for three months, but I can't, I'm not at liberty to say what all we discussed in that meeting that day, but uh, one of my roles at the ministry, at Jerry Savelle Ministries, is to help with the international offices uh, in an associate capacity, be an associate uh, minister to Dr. Savell. So um, there, we have offices in Canada, uh, South Africa, which covers Africa, uh, Canada covers Canada, uh, Wales, which covers Europe, and then Australia. And so that's one of my responsibilities here at the, at the, at the uh, ministry at Jerry Savell. And then here at the church, I'm responsible for missions. Let me show you my missions pictures in 2020. There they are. 
So uh, we're looking forward to the world opening back up and it's starting to. Uh, we've already scheduled for Europe in March, a Europe tour in March. So we're starting to, you know, uh, get back out uh, and looking forward to taking, riding on a Falcon 50 across the pond, they call it, which is going to be amazing. And I just, I just get so overwhelmed with the goodness of God. And just, I just sometimes just cry and go back to my room and just, Lord, <laughs> you've been so good to this boy. And I don't know why me, but uh, favor. And so one of the things he says is that the blessing, we read that, the blessing makes you rich, that the blessing of the Lord. That it empowers us to prosper. Okay? But favor will give you opportunities in which to apply the blessing. And so, when we read these scriptures, you understand that when you go out during the day to a workplace or, you know, I used to, I started out, uh, I got a degree in communications. I wanted to be on TV. And so Nikki had another year of school. She got a master. She ended up getting a master's in business administration. So did anybody ever watch Remington Steel? You have to be a little older to remember Remington Steel. Remington Steel, you had Pierce Brosnan, okay? And he was the face of the uh, investigative office. But then you had, uh, I don't remember her name, Laura. She was the brains. That pretty much defines our marriage. Although she's got a lovely face, but um, <laughs> what was I talking about before that? So when I started, I wanted to be on TV. Well, uh, the t- the uh, I started out in sales because she had another year of school, so I just go get a job. So I'm out of school, and um, we're in Cleveland, Tennessee, at Lee University, and I just got done with uh, playing basketball there for four years. And, National champions, 1994, if you, if you care about that. It's kind of cool. Uh, but, so, I had a friend that was selling cell phones. Well, in 1996, cell phones were this big. Okay, they sat on the floor of your car in a bag. They called it a bag phone. Okay, $15 a minute. Or whatever it was. And then, you, so you only use it for emergencies. Then when you use it for emergencies, you know, big antenna, rubber antenna. Anyway, so a friend of mine was selling these. Uh, they had several locations. So I said, well, I'm going to do that. Well, first month I made like 1500 bucks. It was straight commission. And the next month I made like 2500 bucks. Next month, 3500 Well, by Christmas, this was summer, by Christmas that year, I, I made like five or 6000 bucks over December. Well, I'm like 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, 21. That's pretty good money right out of college. And I'm thinking, Hey, this sales thing isn't bad. And I don't mind it. You know, you just kind of talk to people and be friendly and people were coming up to the booth needing a cell phone. So anyway, when she graduated, we moved to Birmingham, Alabama, which is where my, my folks lived at the time. And hers were in Michigan. And there was no way I was moving to Michigan. And uh, 
Matter of fact, my papa in Mississippi, if you're from Mississippi, it's like two syllables, Mississippi, three syllables. He said, don't marry no girl past that Mason Dixon line. Mason Dixon. <laughs> Them Yankees up there. And so I said, Papa, I want you to meet my fiance. What's her name? Nikki. Nikki. And uh, where's she from? Michigan. Michigan. And boy, he just had a time with that. Anyway, so we moved to Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, so we were going to go get jobs. And so... Well, I was comfortable with sales, um, but I thought I should do something with my degree and be in television because that was, that was my emphasis was television broadcast. So I go apply at the local station. I can't remember. I think it was ABC or NBC, that Birmingham News. Okay. Well, they say to me, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll take you. It's 18000 for the year. And uh, you're going to have multiple roles. You, you know, you're going to be the janitor. You're going to hold the cables. You're going to help us on the set. If the backup reporter doesn't show, we'll send you out. I thought, dear God, 18000 So, I mean, that's 1500 bucks. That was like my worst month in sales. And so, then I, so I went to get another sales job. Well, Anyway, um, Nikki got a job at a health, uh, like a health, what do you call it? Health rehab uh, headquarters was there in Birmingham. So, so now we both have jobs, okay? I absolutely hated my job. Hated it. And it was selling long distance business solutions. Back then, they had a, a you know, dial tone when you picked up a landline phone, Okay. That, that you call long distance, it costs money back then. Remember? And then if you're old enough to remember this, Sprint came out with 10 cents a minute anytime. Everybody switched to Sprint. Okay? Then everybody's getting calls at home. Hi, this is MCI. Remember MCI? Hi, this is AT&T. Your long distance service. You know, we're calling the blah, blah, blah. Well, then the Bell companies, Bell South, Southern Bell, Southwestern Bell, they broke up, okay? And then, so now we could all bundle all these things together. So you get your long distance, your local service, dial tone. Some of you had the rotary phone. Uh, and internet, you know, uh, uh, high capacity uh, DSL internet service, all combined into one package. So that's what I was selling. Well, I was going into businesses and saying, uh, uh, is the owner or general manager here? And of course, the secretary's job is to not let you see them. It's in their job description. Do you have an appointment? And then, well, no, of course, you know, I don't have an appointment. You know, that's what you want to say to them. It's like just a guy making a living here. Can you help me out? But, uh. And so a lot of doors slammed in the face. And, and um, so anyway, they send me off to uh, sales training. The seven steps of a sale. <laughs> Number one, the introduction. Hi, I'm Eric with Deltacom. How are you? So anyway, 
This training teaches you how to get past the secretary, get in front of the business owner, have them like you in a matter of 30 seconds, and make a decision on the spot. Well, one of my things was on every Friday, you go sit in the office and we all had this little uh, thing and they had, they set up the phones. You have to make a hundred phone calls and you have to set up at least five appointments. If you don't set up five appointments, then you continue there to set up five appointments. So I'm dialing for dollars. I'm like, who do I call? Open the yellow pages. Oh, great. So I'm dialing, dialing. Hi, this is Eric Deaton with DeltaCom. Hello? Hi, this. So anyway, I had a Honda CRX SE Sport Edition hatchback. Okay. Um, It was cool at the, you know, in 1988 when it was new. It didn't have air conditioning. In Birmingham, Alabama, it's not the dry heat, it's the humid heat. 95 degrees. I had to wear a coat and tie to work. Sometimes they just let you wear the shirt and tie. But I'm during the week, Monday through Thursday, you're supposed to be out. So if I set up five appointments, maybe one of those would be good. All right. Other, otherwise, you go to that appointment and then you just go start cold calling around. This was, this was my life. I would come home and I would just, uh, I'm in an ill mood. You know, ask Nikki. And so I would wake up, knots in my stomach. I'm in an ill mood. I don't want to go to work. I hate my life. I hate my job. Until one day the Lord says to me, I can't move you on until you give your all in this. So, I was obedient. And so I purposed to have a good attitude, get up in the morning, go to work. I I made files in my... I I didn't plan to be there this long. I made files. I organized my desk and everybody's like, what's gotten into him? I got involved with the, uh, with the, uh, the town, uh, rotary and also the, uh, the business club optimist and, uh, and the, uh, the rotary and the, uh, the chamber of commerce. Okay. That became my friend. And so go to these things and network now. Many people look at me and they think oh, he's outgoing. It's easy. That's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. You don't know anybody in the room. You go up and introduce yourself. And it's like you got to work yourself up with this. And so now I know what to do because I pray in the Holy Ghost. But anyway, I didn't know that back then. So I met Quota that month. The next month, I met Quota again. And I'm just sitting there one day, had the newspaper out when you had newspapers. And I was just wasting time and all the classifieds. And uh, I wasn't really looking for a job. And I saw this job opportunity. Sports-minded individuals sell to coaches. I thought, that's kind of cool. kind of neat. I'll just call about that. You know? C- called. 
The guy was in town. Said, we're in town. We're at the residence inn over here. Come over. Interviewed. Brought Nikki back. Interviewed again. The job's yours. This is Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I had a laptop with this other job. I had a 401k. I had benefits. I had uh, a salary. I had a gas allowance. I had commission. This, straight commission. So I want to bring Nikki in so I didn't make any bad decisions. <laughs> and she looked at me and I said, what do you think? And the guy, you know, made a lot of promises. And what do you think? She says, honey, if you think you'll be happy doing this, I say, just go for it. And so I did. So the guy says to me, if you, if you take this job, you need to be on a plane to Boston on Tuesday. Boston? I've never been out of the South. <laughs> Much less to Boston. And so, uh, so I go into my boss. And I said to him, I just met quota two months. I'm having some success. Feeling pretty good. And all the people that had tenure there, they've been a long time. They're making a hundred and something thousand. They were just waiting for me to leave. And now they're like, they've taken me in, right? Uh, <laughs> so I go into my boss. I say, hey, I had this job opportunity come up. And I, I don't really know about it. But, uh, you know, they want me to get on a plane on Tuesday. I'm just, I'm just kind of just telling you. So, I, you know, I'd like to just go check it out. You get on that plane, you don't have a job when you come back. I didn't think he was going to say that. So I got on the plane. And in the van ride on the way to the hotel, two other people that were independent sales reps for this company were in the van. They were the most negative people. And, uh, well, I had been told I would make... My first year between sixty and eighty thousand. I was like, "How much do you make?" He said, "43." How much did you make? Thirty-seven. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this, this guy lied to me." You know, this guy, this guy lied to me. So I get there and I'm like, pan, in panic. And, and so the owner of the company comes over and. So anyway, uh, they said, "If you will, do, if you will run our system and do what we tell you, then." Uh, at the end of 36 months, if you're not making $100,000, which kind of seems like everybody's benchmark, that at least back then it was. I don't know if with inflation and all that, if 100000 is the benchmark anymore. But um, if you do what we tell you, you make 100000 And if you're not making 100000 it's probably because you didn't do what we tell you. So you might, may not be the guy. So I had, I went out and did what they told me. I got up. It was, it was you make your own schedule. Nobody's there. You're working out of your home. Nobody's there calling you in the morning. You, you got to get up. You got to get out of bed. You got to go to work. And, and a lot of people think that God will prosper them without doing their part. And that's just part of it. There's our part. There's God's part. And so... With all that being said, that's, that's a little bit about the background. Uh, to, to fast forward, I had success the first year. I was rookie of the year. They promoted me to manager. They gave me states to manage. 
in less than five years, I was managing the whole Southeast. There were around 50 sales reps that I was managing with a $10 million sales quota. So I was flying all over. You know, I'm like 28 years old, you know, making several hundred thousand a year and, uh, you know, having success. Life's good. And then in 2009, the owners of this company decided to invest the profits of the company into a medical venture which had had nothing to do with anything. And that thing went under. They leveraged the company. So the company filed bankruptcy. And 300 sales reps, independent sales reps, business owners were out on the street. So at that point, uh, Nikki and I, at that point, everybody was panicked. Because what do we do? Uh, the bank was coming after not only the company, but every single individual suing every single individual sales rep. Suing us. I didn't even do anything. And in fact, they owed me a check for $125,000 at the end of that year that we would take and live on until August because it was seasonal that I never got. And so we would budget that money until then. And so here we are. We don't have that check. Money's run out. This company's bankrupt. What do we do? You know what we did? We heard about Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks. And we drove down from Michigan to the Ozarks, Prayer Mountain, and we spent the next three or four days there seeking God. And so the Lord gave us direction to do so. And so that's when we launched out into our own. And so we we gathered with 22 other independent uh corporate or independent sales reps incorporated. And we started what is now called adrenaline fundraising that grew over the years to 150 people across the country. And so, uh, now my role there is I'm, I'm on the board of directors and we built this as an umbrella association to help people that weren't as good, maybe at the business part of things so that we could have collaboration, which is the reason why we're here today. Collaboration. Uh, For us, there was buying power. And then best practices, we call it in church, testimonies. Okay? So, I'm familiar with this setting. It's very comfortable for me. Uh, Sometimes, if I'm going to do a sermon in church, which I was called as a young boy at eight years old, and and God has given me this unique, I've been ordained as, uh, as an ordained minister of the gospel since 2012, but it's unique to, to have both of these things going in your life. When our, um, when God really began to prosper us is when we made the decision. When I say we, I mean, I, because, (laughs) because Nikki was already there and you see, you see, notice her look right now on her face. (laughs) The Lord said to me in 2010, when you stop chasing money and start chasing me, money will start chasing you. When you stop chasing money and start chasing me, money will start chasing you. And so I inquired what that meant. Well, so we began to give. And I mean... uh, in, in Birmingham, Alabama, there was a mentor 
that took us under his wings. Well, he had taught us business, uh, taught us. We were, every Tuesday, we were going to this uh, prosperity meeting. Now, I was, I was in the church of God. They didn't teach prosperity. Okay. So, but my Sunday, adult Sunday school teacher, young married class, took us every Tuesday to this prosperity meeting. And you know what they taught? Laws of prosperity from guess who? Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle. And that's where I was introduced to the, you know, the word of faith and prosperity. And so we began to give at that, at that time. But I just still had some things off. And that's when, you know, you fast forward eight years later and the Lord says that to me. When you stop chasing money, start chasing me, money will start chasing you. And so I said, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm diving in all the way to the church. Diving in all the way. Now we had gone out. Nikki's dad's pastor of the church. We, he said, go start a youth group. Go to this conference and learn how. We started a youth group. Uh, we uh, were helping out with the business of the church. Uh, I was a praise and worship leader. Every Saturday practice. Eventually we started this uh, Friday night thing where the kids would come over after the football game. And uh, we, we bought arcades and pool tables, ping pong, and had a snack bar. And the kids would come from nine to midnight. We did that for three years. Now, at this point, we're over 40. And every Friday night from nine to midnight, then there was cleanup after. These kids are coming in and, you know, getting the little candy stuff and then spilling it all over everything and stepping on it. I'm just giving you the negative parts. We had some great times. But my point is, is that we dove all in to the ministry to help the kingdom of God. But the Lord did something in my heart that day. And it was like, okay, what do I think about how to advance the kingdom? Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, you could start with your giving. Now we were giving. Okay. Tithe offer, you know, but now we're talking about financing the kingdom of God. Now that's a whole nother thing. Well, her dad was, uh, since 1991, was going over to Ukraine and Russia. And when he was a pastor at home, but when he, was go, when he would go over there, he was like an, he was an apostle and operating an apostolic. And that because there were young pastors that started churches over there. And so he was like their father in the faith, their spiritual dad, all this. And so... Um, so I began to give toward these trips. Well, he was going in coach, flying to Russia, Siberia, the 20 something hour flight to Siberia in coach. If you've never flown coach, I'm going to show you how the chair reclines. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to land. Please put your seat backs up in the rightful and locked positions. Are you kidding me? I mean, so, so it's like, that's what's going to, you know, mess us all up. That little three inches that you let me recline. Anyway. So, well, let's, let's believe for the money to send our pastor 
first class, business class overseas. Because I was happy with what I was making. We were doing well. The house on the lake, rental house, life is good, got everything we need. But the Lord does something, says, okay, um, if you won't do it, can you do it for me? Now there's a purpose and a motivation behind why you're doing something. Because after you accumulate, you got your couch, you got your, you know, your, your, your end tables and your beds and your, you know, then what? Well, you, you know, you buy a more expensive purse or after a while, what, what, what else? So he says, you guys are going to come with me on this trip. I said, okay. So we go with him and we're in Russia. We're in Barno, Russia. And he's preaching and word of knowledge goes forth. Somebody's toe, somebody's, somebody's big toe, big toe. And, uh, God's healing you right now. And and, then, uh, remember, uh, somebody's, your ears open. Somebody's right ear is opening right now. Well, anyway, these people came up and said, that big toe was for me. And that, that taught me a lesson that God cares about the little things, you know, but then, uh, the lady with the ear, her ear had opened. And then this other lady came up, younger lady. And she was walking on a cane. Y'all, some of you probably heard me tell the story, dragging her foot like this, walking on a cane. She came up for prayer. Well, her brain had been fried from so many drugs that it had paralyzed, you know, her right leg. So many, so much drugs over there. And so Nikki and I, and uh, her dad, we all laid hands on this, on this young lady and, Jesus name. Amen. And okay, let's walk. So she grabs my arm here and pastor's arm here. And she's in between us and she's walking. Step two on step three. She picks up this leg. Her foot straightens out and lands perfect. And Nikki is looking at it from this way. And she goes, I'm not exaggerating either. So she steps, 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 pushes me, like didn't just draw my heart, pushes me. She's walking with her dad. Step, 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 pushes him out. Step, 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 step. We're all praising God. Woo! Praise God, praise God. We're praising, we're praising. Never seen anything like this before. And I realized, well, next thing you know, this lady's walking out the door. And I'm like, wait, we got to take a picture of this because her dad would come back from these trips that we've been given toward, that we've been financing. And how was the trip? Tell us about the trip. Oh, it was just so good. (laughs) That it? I mean, so you didn't see what was really happening. Now we, now we saw it. And so I'm so impacted by this. And, 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 and so what, what lesson I learned is what is the value that you can put on a soul? 
What is the value that you can put on health? One of the richest people in the world said at the end when they were dying of, you know, they, they, their health had deteriorated and they were dying. They said, I would give up all the money, all the hundreds and hundreds of millions and millions and all this empire that I built if I could just get my health. Let me read you a scripture that David says to the, to the men when they came back from Ziklag. You remember that? And he says to them, find it. It's in 1 Samuel 30, verse 24, if you want to write it down. For who will heed you in this matter? Now, what, what happened was that uh, some of the men stayed back and some went and took back what, what they had taken, their wives, their kids, and all their stuff. So some men stayed back, but the ones that went back and went and got all the stuff and brought it back. And so... David was having this conversation with, with everybody. And he says, for who will heed you in this matter? But as his part who goes down to the battle. So shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They shall, they shall share alike. I realized that day that. I had a part in sending the man of God across the world. I had a part in every salvation. I had a part in every healing. I had a part in every deliverance. And it wasn't just a, a, a monetary part. It's a heavenly part. A heavenly part that's a, a heavenly reward. That one day when I get to heaven, and I'm sure you know many of you that have supported these things, but when we get to heaven and the people said... Hey, I was one of the ones that got saved when you sent your father to over to me. Well, my, our, this, uh, this, this, this pastor couple, they were on the brink of divorce and they went over just for them and their marriage, you know, came back together. And, and the, the other pastor who was, who was dying of HIV AIDS and was healed. I had a part. And Jesus said the same thing to the, to the people uh, in the field that the one that came in at the last hour would share the same reward as those that had been there all day. And so that became such a reality to me and a purpose behind now what I'm going out for in the business world. Now it was, there was a heavenly purpose it wasn't just about buying another car. It wasn't about paying the mortgage. Because after all, Jesus said he would take care of that. Matthew 6. But now it had a heavenly purpose. And I've seen now, having traveled you know, all over with Dr. Savell, having traveled all over the world with Nikki's dad, the things that happened that the, the, the folks that are in the four walls have sent them, don't see. But I hope you're picking up on the passion of it. There's got to be something bigger than just you. It's for him. 
If you go to God and you say, Lord, I want to help do damage to the devil's kingdom through this business, through this, uh, through my workplace, through this idea. Let me tell you something. God's going to honor that. He's going to honor that. I said, Lord, okay, I'm happy with this. So, Lord, I'll make up to here whatever you prosper me over this amount this year. I'll give. One year it was three hundred thousand over. Three hundred thousand. I'm just amazed by that. It was I didn't make three million that year. I didn't make a million. That's amazing. Does that not amaze you? That's amazing to me. And and it wasn't that uh, you know I was so great or it was there's purpose now. Now now what? I'm in tune with, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me now. Where, where am I going today? What am I, what am I doing this week? Now you, now you begin to plan out your weeks. He said, go over here. One day he said, in prayer, I'm in prayer one morning. I already had my day set. He says, you need to go over here to this, this client. I said, no, I'm not going that, that way. That'd be way out of the way. That'd be silly. That's got to be my head. You need to go over here to this client. I'm not going that way. Lord, I'm going way over here today. You need to go over here to this client. Okay. That means I got to cancel with these other two people. You don't, it's not really good to cancel. So I went over there to that client, like he told me, and the competitor had just been in there, lied about me, lied about our company, lied about what he does, and everybody's in a ruckus. And here I walk in a half hour behind him. And, the, and the, the client says, this just happened. They said this. I said, that's not true. Well, you know that's not true. Let's, well, let's go talk to, the, to your boss. You know that's not true, and I'm here. With this, and calm the whole situation. That account today is my largest account. And it wasn't back then. The Holy Spirit guides us in business, guides us in our daily affairs. So it's not just about you know, guiding us about missing a car accident or, you know, it can help us in every area of life. You, you, part of favor is that you show up in the right place at the right time. I was telling somebody uh, this past week, they said, you know, I need some advice on, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get in with this. Uh, how, how can I say it without saying it? With this group of people to do this activity. And he said, so anyway, they set up these networking events. You know, he's like, I'm not good at that. I said, I said, you don't have to be good at it. You have favor and you don't need to network with everybody. You just need to find the one right connection. One connection, one divine connection. One can make all the difference. Who's going to show you that? The Holy Spirit. Well, I better wrap up here. I've got so many stories. I'll save some for next time, I guess. So, one one of the things... (laughs) So, the three things... I I wanted to give you three things today that's helped me in, in my life and in my business. Number one... 
the giving. I can't, I can't stand here in front of you and say, God's going to prosper you if you're not tithing, if you're not tithing, offering, and giving on top of that. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to make this a part of your commitment to God here today. You know, I encourage you to do that. If you are, okay, let's, let's, let's say, Lord, I'd like to give up above and beyond that and, and start setting some goals with God and he'll show you what that's going to be. Lord, I'd like to give, tell me what, what you think I could give an extra $10,000 to the ministry or whatever. And I'm not here to raise funds for the ministry. I don't see what the ministry brings in. I don't know what Jerry Savelle ministry brings in. I don't know what the church brings in, but I will tell you that Jerry Savelle ministries last year gave over two and a half million dollars to missions worldwide to human. He talked about this morning, humanitarian efforts, to feed the hungry, to feed widows. So they are doing what the Bible calls true religion. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's number one. Number two, God doesn't want us chasing money. I already shared that principle with you. He said, when you stop chasing money, start chasing me. Money will start chasing you. There are some of you in here that you don't have extra money to give. But you do have your time. And you make a commitment before God that you will give your time like it was given money. And God will return it to you in money. That's part of having a generous spirit. Because if you don't have the money to give, give your time. And, and there's things that in the ministry that someone that has a, a, a business mind can, can help make things flow better. Flow, flow easier. So that when people that come in for the first time, never heard the gospel, come right on in. And the atmosphere is set for them to hear the gospel and give their life to God. And then number three, God blesses the work of our hands. So we have to work. We have to work. We have to go to work. The Lord blessed Joseph, the work of his hands. He says uh, in Deuteronomy 39, the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand, the fruit of your body, your cattle, your land, your, for good. He will prosper you. Uh, Deuteronomy twenty-eight, twelve: The Lord shall open to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, to bless all the work of your hands. Put your hands to something. Put your hands to something. And He will bless the work of your hands. He will... When you say the work of your hands, that also includes your mouth. Because me having been in sales, you know, you need to say the right things. You don't always say the right things. And that's when the favor is there in the, in the favor that you have with that person. Well, you may not always say the right things. But Lord, Holy Spirit, teach me right now. Teach me. Teach me what to say. Speak through me right now. Help me say the right words. So that's part of the working of our hands because what we're showing up and we're giving God an opportunity <laughs> to, uh, uh, by our faith, let the blessing go to work in our life. So everybody uh, stand with me.
I want to do this before, before we leave today. Put your, put your hands out like this. And say, Lord, bless the work of these hands. Now I've had, uh, I was with Dr. Spell in September at Rodney Howard Brown's church. And he laid hands on 2,000 people in that service. And the thing that he prayed over them was supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. And, and he, he taught on this before, but basically saying that the increase of the Lord is on my life, him speaking. Well, that, that night, he laid hands on us as well. And, I, and I, I'm going to, as you're holding your hands off, out today, I want to impart that anointing to you in his behalf. Because that, that anointing is on me, and anointings can be shared or imparted. And so, there is increase by association. It's a real thing. And, and Brother Tony over here could tell you how he's increased. It's like every time he comes on these trips and gives his time, he has a business. But when he comes on the trips and gives his time, the phone rings. Cha-ching. Another another deal. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. What's that? God honoring His commitment to the ministry. To destroy the kingdom of darkness, to advance the kingdom of light. Now, I don't know if you can figure out how to play it, something that's soft, not, not, the, not the fast stuff we were early. But uh, I, I want to pray, if, if you will, those of you that have a prayer language, begin to pray in the Spirit. And as, as many as I can get around to right now, I'm just going to come and I'm going to touch your hands. But Lord, bless. Father, bless the work of our hands right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, loose the anointing of God, supernatural increase and favor over their life. In Jesus' name, supernatural increase and favor. Supernatural increase and favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Tony, help me. Supernatural increase. Supernatural increase in favor. 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 Supernatural increase in favor today. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor in Jesus' name. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. 
supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase. Favor of God. Supernatural increase. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Jesus. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Supernatural increase in favor. Oh, Lord, we just give you praise right now. We give you praise. We give you praise right now. Ideas and dreams. Dreams. Dreams that have been buried. The Lord says dream again. Yeah, meditate on it. Think on it. Put it before you again. Just like Dr. Savelle said today. Make the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. In the business world, we call that a business plan. There must be a vision. Yeah, you'll get the practical things. But it will manifest from the inside out. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for the anointing that you've imparted. The anointing that will help. To give that extra little boost that we need. Yeah, there's steps. It's, it's, it's progressive. There's steps. Step one, step two, step three. Step one, step two, step three. Don't skip the step. Thank you, Father. And we thank you for being here today. Jeff, do you have this? Did we lose our... Hallelujah. Let's make this confession as we as we go out today. Upon the authority of God, I give and it shall be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, 
and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe to the storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. I receive jobs and better jobs, raises, increase, and owed money, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts canceled, and royalties received. I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare my entire family saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, in love with Jesus, healthy, strong, and full of, I call my family walking in the blessing and favor of God in their lives. I am blessed coming in and going out. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Did you get something out of this today? So, everybody, if you will, uh, we're out of here before two. So that's good. Mark your calendars for September the 11th. Is that the date? September the 11th. And uh, please turn in your forms to me or Nikki. And uh, we will follow up with some of you. But we want to hear testimonies. We want to hear at the next meeting testimonies of how you've increased, what your steps have been. Steps one, two, and three, how you've advanced, maybe some of your visions and things like that. So we'll look through all that, and I'm excited to see you again uh, at our next meeting. God bless everybody. Have a great day.